welcome back to the Metal Hand of God podcast. I am your host, Wayne, and that fine gentleman over there is the one and only Rum Guy. And today we have a special guest. This gentleman is coming from many miles away, and it's very late at night. Mr. Theo Kane, how are you, sir? I'm good, boys. How are you? How are you? It's late here, but I'm usually up this time anyway, so it makes no difference to me. I'm a night owl, so I'm always ready to go, whether it's midnight or 12 in the afternoon or 12 at night. Yep. Let's go. One of, one of our uh, co-hosts, uh, his name is uh, Mart. Uh, Mart Flanagan. He's from out where you are, man. He's uh, oh, okay. uh he's, in a, he's in a metal band out there. Yeah. Uh, do uh, damn it. Deuce Moray? Um it's a black metal band. It's a black metal band from out that way, yeah. Congleton is where he lives. Where does he live? Congleton, I think is what it's called. Congleton. I don't, I don't think I've been there. I'm from Sheffield in the north of England. I'm not sure how close it is. Yeah, okay. I, I'm okay. not sure. I know he spoke of Sheffield before. So okay. I, 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 it's I think he has family this, up here. Yeah, I think it's kind of in the same realm. Like, he's around there somewhere. Congleton sounds like the kind of place you'd never go unless like there was a reason to go there. It's like it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's not it's not some it's not somewhere that I'd ever go unless there was like an abandoned building there. I wanted to go film my movie and all. Right, because, right. I mean, that's yeah, what yeah. that's that's what we tell Mart all the time anyway. So it's okay. <laughs> well, that's, that's that's the main reason why we you know we're so interested in talking with you. I mean, you're. You are a movie uh, director, you're a producer, you're a writer. You 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 you've you're got your everything. hands in so many pies. Yeah, what's right the saying? Now. It's a master of all trades, but uh, oh, uh, of all trades, but a master of fuck all. That's yeah, me. yeah, pretty that's much. It. Yeah, that's it. I know, yeah. how, I know how you feel. <laughs> and I, I do a bit of everything, and whatever, sh I, I, whatever shit I throw at the wall, and whatever sticks. That one. <laughs> and you're, you're probably so tired of talking about it, but this is your newest movie. This is uh, Unit Eleven. Yes. Now, this movie um, uh, is. It reminds me. I. I I can't even say it doesn't it was it to me the movie the way the way you do it to me is kind of an interesting and please don't take any offense to this it's an interesting throwback to uh like uh there's there's some uh, uh the classic movies I used to like like a lot of wasteland movies and that back in space yeah, that sort yeah. of stuff and there was a a, a director um oh god was Enzo Enzo G. Castellare, that's my hero. I love that guy. Yes, there you go. He's one of my directing heroes, that guy. Italian legend, man. Yeah, no, I love it. Bronx Warriors 2 is one of my favorites. I'm looking at the poster on my wall right now. That's awesome, that's, dude. That is yeah, so yeah. cool. Because that's that's because he did a lot with the actor. What was his? Fred Fred Williams. It was a big, big, tall yeah, yeah. Deep, yeah. Deep player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those those movies, that's kind of the, when you were. I was looking at the fight scenes. And stuff like that, and and with the weapons and stuff, I'm like, that is, yeah, yeah. That is so. Well, the the weapon cool. I use is is a, an exact replica of the ones that they use in Bronx Warriors, but I had <laughs> mine so that it twists in the middle and turns into nunchucks, so it was like a kind of a different take on it. But I spoke to Enzo G Castellari years ago, and I sent him a photo of the of the uh, lance to see how accurate it was, and it goes, yeah, because it looks no different to the ones that were used in the movie. That's incredible. So dude. I got his approval, which was nice. That that is always amazing when you could talk to a, a, a personal hero of yours and, and gets like the okay. Yeah. This was you know, like when is... I was like not twenty or nine. I'm thirty two now. This was like ten years ago. I found his email and messaged him. This was before <laughs> you could just like tweet people and and shit like that. Right. It, it was literally just yeah, just hitting him up back in the day as a fanboy and showing him pictures. That's fucking cool yeah. though, man. 
I bet you he was like super stoked about it too. He was probably like, "Wow, look at this kid! Look what he's doing!" Yeah. You know. Well, I think what it is like nowadays that stuff gets a lot more light sh shine shone on it, shined on it. Do you know, like through Arrow Video and eighty eight Films and and Severin yeah. and all these guys that's bringing out like old Italian titles again, and it's cool now. But at the time, no one had ever heard of it. I could never have a conversation with anybody about Bronx Warriors two ten years ago. You right. have to be like super elite cult fan. Do you know what I mean to know what it was? So yeah, I, I probably hit him up back when. People weren't hitting him up. Now he probably gets hundred messages a week from from fans Different of his people. Italian stuff. But yeah, back yeah, in the day, because I was I was thinking uh, the 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 one movie that popped in my head was one of my favorites. He did was uh, what was it? The Warriors of the Wasteland. That yeah, sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, he, he did. He did that one, and he did. Uh, it's it's called the New Barbarians. That one. Yes. He did yeah. The New Barbarians yeah. and Bronx Warriors one and two. Bronx Warriors one and two are connected. The New Barbarians is it, is its own thing, but they got a lot of the same casting them and, and stuff like that. A lot of the same vibes. You know, and it, a little bit of Charles Bronson esque. Yeah. Too, too like I was the Death Wish movies too. and stuff like that. Yeah, Death Wish three again, a huge huge influence of mine. I love Death Wish three. That was a lot of that was actually shot in London, you know, but it was supposed to look like New York. Or I, whatever. I, I, had, I think it's set in New York, but it was I a lot no of it shot in London. I didn't know yeah, it was man. Shandling. That's fucking cool. That's got yeah. like the best execution at the end. He like yeah. takes his bazooka at a dude and then you just see that, <laughs> the exterior of the building yes. explode. He like, yeah, yeah I love that. I love that shit. Man, you know, you bring back memories, man. Because I remember as a kid, like just watching these on Saturday mornings, you know, or Saturday afternoons when like the cartoons were over and they would do like this matinee that would come on. And it was always either like fucking kung fu movies or super action movies like Death Wish or, you know, yeah. a Dirty Harry West, type shit. And shit. I, I yeah. love westerns as well. Spaghetti westerns, Italian westerns, are some of the best films in the world. Best storytelling, best characters. I love all that shit as well. I, I love I love, I love, love it all. So cool. Italian cinema is my favorite. That's in my blood. That's like my favorite cinema in the world. Is there is there a reason? Just curious? Or is it just something that, that, you, that you identified with? I think, well, what, what it was is when I was little, well, I said little, when I was like 14, 15, I used to go to car boots. You don't have them out there, but they're like a cross between a yard sale and a flea market. We have them out here and I'd go and I'd get VHS tapes. Uh, you won't be able to see, but off camera here, I've got like a huge VHS tape collection and I used to go to car boots buying them. So I'd buy like zombie flesh eaters and stuff like that. And at the time, I didn't know that they was Italian. I just loved the vibe. They felt very feverish. They're very rough and ready and raw and gnarly. And you could tell that the guys were making them didn't use like health and safety procedures. They, they didn't have a <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have a lot of like uh, they just used to fucking go for it and i could tell that even when i was younger and then as i got older got on the internet did a bit of research and i found out how these guys made this shit and i'm like yeah man these guys were just going for it they were just taking a film like escape from new york or the warriors or jaws or something that was big and and was a certified good bestseller and then they would like recreate their own knockoff versions of it i love knockoff toys i love knockoff stuff and i just love the mentality of making this shit where they were just like just going for it i went to italy last year well this year i went to italy for my birthday just before all the lockoff like a month before lockoff and stuff it got really bad there and just meeting the people there they're so fucking chill uh, and you can and how they drive, they drive fucking crazy. We had like four little car crashes while we was there. We was only there yeah. four days, and every day we had a bump in a car. And I thought I could, I could tell that these guys when they were, if this is what they're like now in 2020, I can't imagine what they was like in the 80s when they was making action movies. Oh, crazy! Absolutely crazy, man, man. man. You yeah, you were talking about knockoff stuff, dude. I love that kind of shit too. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I like the, especially with like like I'm a toy collector, you know, and I, I really really love like the the 
the Mexican versions of like He Man and the and the Mexican, you know, or, or just yeah, yeah. just the just the weird like you could tell that they just took the fucking molds from them and just repainted them weird or or you know stuff like yeah. that, dude. The Star Wars was, ones was, are like ridiculous. Like if you can get like what are they called the blue stars from Russia? Yeah, the and Uze, stuff. Uze, yeah, Uze. dude. Yeah, man, there's a, there's a there's a wicked story about where they come from. If you ever look into the story, they came from like a mad factory in the middle of a desert and shit, and you had to like get a camel ride to get to it. And stuff. No it's way, dude. Story. Yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's a, an artist I like called The Suck Lord, and they talk all about it on one of his podcasts. And there's a dude that actually went to the factory. And yeah, there's like guys in deserts making that. And it was like it was like an adventure, like some uncharted shit, just to get to the factory <laughs> to buy him. It's like you got to be fucking uh, Indiana Jones to go get some offbeat yeah, yeah. fucking yeah, machine. I'd, I'd love that shit. I'd, I'd, I'd love that shit. But the thing with the knockoffs was the same. Like, I was into them years ago before anyone thought they were yeah. cool. And then all of a sudden, they're like $200, $200 for like the shittiest, like, beat up fucking mexican blow mold right so right i, I, I kind of went off them you kind of went off them recently yeah you can't buy them for less than 150 bucks no matter what they are yeah. and i'm going but wait I, a minute guys you you wouldn't yeah. have, you wouldn't have fucking paid 50 cents for that when it came no, out no no i mean so my dad is like a big toy collector and antique dealer as well so he raised me on on the car boot knowing what to pick up nice. and when we was younger you'd find the knockoffs and he'd go leave them they're the fake he man don't buy them they're not worth nothing leave the fake ones oh. ironically nowadays they're the ones that's worth money but these do you know like the one speclatron they're like the big boy one the purple skeleton yeah. with the glitter chest yeah, we 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 remade that last year, and it's it's out for sale now. No if shit. You have a look on my, yeah, if you have a look on my Instagram, we did like a, I re I redesigned it, we resculpted it, and had it produced in China. Very limited run, only like two hundred of them, and uh, we did it. He's like a big bulky eight inch version, and I did him with like transparent neon armor, like extra accessories and stuff. We called him it's uh, we called him Deflatron. So if you look on my Instagram at, or go hashtag Deflatron, you can see that figure out. It was a collaboration with Nima Studios. We've got a whole range of them planned, but because of lockdown, all the factories in China. Kind of slowed down for a bit, so we're just starting everything back up again. Man, that's yeah, man, fucking I, I could incredible. I talk all day about toys and knockoffs, man. That shit again, it's in my blood, bro. <laughs> yeah, look, trust me, I know, man. Like we, uh, I don't know if you uh, deal with any of the like the newer stuff, like Funko and any of those the NECA stuff and things like that. But um, we actually had uh, the art director from, or the creative director from Funko on the show last week. Oh, really? That's he, awesome. Yeah, he was such a cool dude, and he's into like old school toys too so like th that's why you're starting to see the old school lines come out in funko is because this dude is like pushing all the stuff like he's like trying to get them yeah, to make yeah. all these old things as we were kids you know oh yeah but well, they do everything don't they funko i think you, you, you've not made it until funko have made a pop of you that's when you know you've made it when funko pop you that's when you're certified <laughs> hey we're gonna try man i'm gonna i'm gonna get yeah. in with i was like come on man how do how do we get one of us that's all i want <laughs> yeah that's it well do you know what for like a long time i put them off i'm like i'm not getting into them funkos i, I don't want to get into them little cutesy things and then they released the killer clowns from out of space and i'm like oh, now you've got me they're so but good I, dude they're yeah, so I, awesome <laughs> I loved it. I ordered the new ones and I'm waiting for them to come from Zavi. So they'll probably be back another six years. I've got them coming at some point. Yeah, I haven't got the three new ones yet, but I do have the, the exclusive one and, and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm waiting for those as well. But no, well, man. We were... I was going to say, we, you were, always, we were talking about some exotic locations. I was just curious. Uh, uh, get back to your movie real quick. Yeah, let's get back to the movie. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. My bad. My bad. <laughs> yeah. The, you the brought locations. toys up. You're real, you, 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 you threw the line with the toy talk, man. That's my <laughs> the, uh, the locations in, in that, you, that you picked in this movie, and I, I, I realize that from what I understand, it did take you quite a while to, to do this, this actual movie. It was on, it was off, it was on, it was off. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, but the locations were, uh, they, they seem to be perfect because you can't 
really tell exactly where anything is. You know what I mean? Like you couldn't yeah. say this is actually here. Now we're you're you're right around uh, what you say Sheffield area. Yeah, yeah, but we didn't film it all in Sheffield. Oh, we you did? Okay. Over. No, no. Well, I, basically, like, where I live is, um, it was a big industrial city during the war. Uh, it's called Steel City because we produced a lot of steel for World War II and stuff like that. So there's lots of factories, lots of industrially kind of areas. They're all getting mm -hmm. gentrified now in the last few years. But we started this, like, 10 years ago. So at the time, a lot of it was still there. So uh, initially, we did film a lot of it in Sheffield, but then... As again, you get on the internet, you get on forums, you start seeing places around the country. You're like, fuck, look at this estate here that's all abandoned. Look at this. There's an abandoned boat on a beach. So eventually, yeah, we just traveled all, all the way around. And if it was like a dialogue scene, well, okay, rather than just do the dialogue scene uh, local, let's drive. Even if it takes four hours, we'll drive and we'll do it in a location that looks badass. I always said, because I had no experience really making films. I, I was a, I did a bit of special effects in independent movies, uh, and I did a bit of like home video movie making and stuff. But when we made this film, we had no idea what we were doing. I didn't know what white balance was or frame rate, shutter speed, steady cams, any of that. We just got the camera, pressed record, and went for it. I didn't even know how to record sound and stuff. That's why it took so long because we, we was forever like um, getting better at stuff and refilming things and things. But uh, I thought even if the film comes out shit, I want the soundtrack to be good and I want the locations to kick ass. So they're the two things that people always bring up. So I'm like. Well, that, that's what I always said. If the film came out a bit rough and ready, which I knew it was going to, the, uh, the locations were like a character in in themselves. Well, the, the the soundtrack itself, the music, really threw me back. That's a, that's what really, when I started hearing the music, made me start thinking of those older movies because yeah, it yeah. really had that retro feel to it, 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 just with the sound. Which to me, I'm I'm big into audio and I love sound. So that really always to me starts to set. The, the the feel of the movie, what I'm walking into, yeah. what I'm getting ready to watch. And uh, yeah, the, the the movie was so good. And the uh, amount of freaking people you had working yeah. in this movie was absolutely <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty crazy, crazy dude. dude. Yeah, man, people joining my movie cult. That's what you said. More people joining <laughs> Theo's filming cult where they go off and, and blow things up in the woods all day. But yeah, I, I mean... No one in that movie, I think 99% of the people in that movie had never had any like previous interest in making a film or acting or anything. But I'd just see dedication in people. Like I'd go martial arts or boxing and I'd see people. I'm like, yeah, man, this guy turns up for MMA training every single week without fail. I bet he could come and do a couple of days on my movie and he'd be dedicated. And I, I was big I was big on the battle rap scene. We, there's a whole worldwide battle rap scene and I was big into it for many years. I used to mm -hmm. compete in battle rap. I battled big guys in America and everything. And I'd met a lot of battle rappers that were dedicated. I'm like, yeah, that man, this guy will travel across the country to turn up for a weekend, perform to 300 people with uh, bars and scripts that he'd memorized and he'd saying them perfectly. I thought, this guy can act in my movie. He can remember a script. He'll travel to my house. He'll be in the film. He's not going to let me down. The, the main thing when you're making a movie is you just need people to be reliable. Everything else I can work around. If you can't act very good, don't worry. I'll put a mask on you. You can shoot a gun. You don't have to say a word. As long as you turn up, that's the thing. It's all about reliability. I, I got, I, I lost so many people throughout making this film that were that, that were talented, but they just weren't into it like I needed them to be. Do you know what I mean? So all, all right. I need people to do is be dedicated to it. And you'll be like, with anything you guys do or anything like you, it's about being consistent and into it. And now the guys that I film with, that they, they asking me all the time, when we're doing the next movie, I can't wait. I'm, I'm on it. I'm on it. Let's go. Let's go. They're yeah. sending me ideas and different camera techniques and things. So yeah. the next one, this was like a film school. The next thing we make will be a lot better. I can I can say well, that with a lot of Well, confidence. I can tell you what, dude, for not knowing what the hell you were doing, that film turned out really good. 
Thank you, bro. Like, just like... watching a lot of movies, lots of making ofs. I, I, I'm an artist. I'm aesthetic. I can put things together aesthetically. I'm not very technical. I'm a lot better now, but at the time I weren't technical. So I, I'm thank you for saying that, man. You're the welcome, fact man. this film ever got finished at all is a miracle. Like, I, it, not to drop the mood for a second, but like one of my main actors in the movie, he died before we even finished filming it. And oh, then we had to work. No. Yeah, we had to we had to work around. Do you know the guy in it, David Mason, the doctor that's inject himself? Yeah. 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 So he that's Carl Kendall. He passed away before we even finish making a movie with with so there's some of the scenes that he's in we filmed the person talking to him four years later when the guy wasn't even alive anymore so like every kind of hurdle that we could have come across from something small like a location letting you down or something breaking on set to like losing one of our main cast members the worst way possible and 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 so the fact this movie's ever even finished is like crazy do you know what i mean it's a miracle it well, ever it, even got it, done. it really shows your fucking dedication man i mean it really does and like you were saying you really have to be dedicated to doing the projects you know yeah. i mean that's how i mean that's how we feel about this show i mean we were dedicated to doing this show no matter what we have to do we'll figure yeah, out we'll, we'll figure doing out a it way. almost nine years yeah we've been putting this thing out for Way nine back. years Wish yeah it. buddy Wish yeah it. so like we've been pushing and hustling and whatever we got to do you know it's it's kind of like our version of an independent film but we're not that's filming, so cool you know? man no i i rate it i rate it my movie took like 10 years to put together on and off and if it weren't for the dedication of the people it would have never put together i i'm i there's no doubt in my obsession and my dedication i'm fucking obsessed if i'm on if i'm on a project that's all that matters i will sever ties with family with friends anything i don't care about money i don't care about paying my bills all i care about is getting the movie finished but but you can't expect everybody else to be like that right, so, right. So, but yeah I, I got to a point where my, my friends are having to phone up the girlfriend and lie to them and say that they've got to work late so that they can come <laughs> filming with me they're like che cheating on the girlfriend with a film do you know what i mean like most That's guys funny. Ring, but most most guys would be ringing the girlfriend to, to go sleep with someone else telling them they got to work yeah, late. Like, no. We I gotta go do a movie, man. In an abandoned building, late. Yeah, yeah. Like that's that, that's brotherly love. Do you know what I mean? Dedication. Well, yeah, man. I mean, they're risking their relationships to go play with you. You know? Well, absolutely. And the real fucking talk, not even lying. Like jokes aside, really arguing with the girlfriends, which is never nice. When do you know what I mean? No one wants to argue with the girlfriend over something, but but sometimes shit just had to be done. They they, they, they just it, anyway. I mean, I said this a lot when I do the interviews, but I, we got arrested so many times making this movie. I think I'd been in, arrested eight times by the end of it. Um, <sighs> arrested for for suspected terrorism and everything, armed response and loads of stuff because we were going to a building that we weren't supposed to be in and we'd be filming or have top guns and stuff. But again, well yeah yeah then you don't have you don't have permits you don't yeah. you know all that shit yeah yeah man but otherwise it just doesn't get done or it gets done and it looks shit and we, we don't get the good location ironically that's the thing people always bring up i love your locations well if it weren't for me getting arrested all them times you wouldn't have had <laughs> locations yeah. so so to, to, it's 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 probably safe to say that rehearsals could have been hectic at times yeah, well, we didn't rehearse. That's the thing. <laughs> even, even like that. So, so check this. But towards the end of the movie, I said the end, like the last three or four years, I would just text guys the script to their phone and say, learn that. And I need you to learn it for next week. Uh, or, or I need you to learn it for tomorrow. Or sometimes they turn up and we're rewriting the script on the day because something had happened. Okay, we're supposed to film in this area. And then the locations just let us down last minute. So we got to get a, go to a new area. And then one guy can't be here. So we got to rewrite the script. If you notice in the film, most of the cast have the hood up. And the reason that they have the hood up is because sometimes there'd be three guys in one scene, but we'd have to film that scene three different times because I could only get those guys off work all individually. But I had to make a look Oh, like okay. 
So we're doubling guys up with the same hoodie on and filming over the shoulder, hoping that gotcha. the weather's the same and the sky's the same. Just every fucking problem you could think of, we got hit with making this film. Like I say, it's a miracle it's even done. It's a miracle. When, when anybody cusses it, like sometimes I'll get a bad review and people are going, oh, this is the shittest amateur movie I've ever made. I'm like, yeah, yeah it, might, it might be. But the fact it is that shittest film ever made, it's a miracle. Because it, it could have not even been a Dude, a l- let me tell you something, man. I've seen some pretty bad fucking movies all right like yeah. there, there are a lot of bad and uh, quote-unquote indie movies out there um and believe me yours is nowhere near that um and i mean i'm being you know i'm not being i'm not kissing your ass because you're on the show i mean i'll tell you the truth if it was truth uh but the way your film is shot it looks it almost doesn't look like indie shot. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, it, yeah. it's really nice. I mean, it's a really good looking film. What I enjoyed best about the way you shot it was, and I noticed it only towards the end, and I'm not quite sure why. Yeah. Towards the end of the movie, you it's like there was a perspective change when you were uh, in the uh, in the uh, a factory area going towards the end of the movie. Probably the last 20 minutes, I would say, in that movie, uh, when all of a sudden you would see blood splatter on the lens. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was just because that's when the gun shots started and things like that. It's um, it's so when we made this, just to go back a little bit, when we made this movie, like steady cams weren't a thing that you could get a little glide cam that was like a weighted piece of metal, which we had a little bit, but it weren't that good. Or you could get the big massive chest rig steady cam. And I was using a big Sony camera that's like a broadcast 1080p camera, not 4K <laughs> oh, wow. or anything like Nine, that. Nine hundred pounds. Yeah, yeah, it was like it was like eight hundred quid. Yeah, so so oh no, it was like well, it was like four grand when it first came out, and but it, we I, it was about eight hundred quid like halfway through the filming because I had to buy a replacement, but it was pretty oh. big. So just getting that on my backpack into these locations, having to sneak in, was hard enough. So a lot of people go, oh, the camera's really shaky, and I'm like, well, yeah, because the steady cams weren't invented, and what I used to do is to avoid making it look like uh, an indie shot on video film, I would film from far away and then zoom in and then blur the background because that's the only way you could get a depth of field with that camera so you'd get a depth of field but the the downside is that the camera would be a bit shaky some people like it some people go yo your film made me feel so on edge it was the camera was always really yeah. jittery and then other more film buffy people would be like oh i, I don't really they should have used steady cams i'm like bro we shot this when steady cams were invented now i have a wicked ronin gimbal that's motorized and it's and it's awesome and i can fit a little camera on it and i got my little gopro gimbal but they weren't invented then so and another thing I was really paranoid about is by not wanting to make it look like shot on video is that if you ever lingered on a shot for too long that it started to look amateur. So I'd make sure we had lots of cuts and stuff. I think looking back, it was probably unnecessary, but it was just the, the mind frame I was in at the time. It's like, I don't want it to look like film. I, I don't want it to look like an indie film. I'd been to lots of film festivals and, and within 10 seconds of a film starting, you'd go, oh, this is shot on video. I know it's going to be shit. So I'd never yeah. wanted that. Yeah, I would rather people say, oh, it's shaky. The camera's shaky and, and jittery, but it's, at you least know, it looks like a film. Well, it, it's kind of weird that you say that because you know the uh filming style of the shaking and this and that is is like it's super in you know what i'm saying like like yeah, if yeah. you watch all those 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 shows like uh, um like i think the guys from lost are pretty much the ones who kind of started pushing that shit doing those when they were taking over the films and doing and like a battlestar galactica is where i first saw it where it looks like you know, like the film is following the ship or whatever, and all of a sudden it's got that yeah. weird shaky feel. Like you feel well, like you're a, flying. A very in famous and stuff. movie was was great for that. Was uh, Blair Witch? 
Oh yeah, 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 for, sure. Yeah, yeah for sure, for yeah. sure. And, and even like when when the Born Identity and stuff came out, I saw the fight seems the really quick cut and jittery and stuff like that. And I thought I, I can do this. I, I can I can make I can make punches look like they've got hard impact and things like that. The, the way I see this movie is it's it's not really don't watch it like you're watching a feature film. Like oh, I'm gonna watch this film and it's a story and I'm gonna get invested in the story and stuff like that. Do that, but it's see it more like a documentary or or just like a crazy example in what can be achieved if you just throw everything in your life into one project. And makes try and make something epic because this script imagine this script on paper like how epic it is <laughs> to think that you were going to make that with no money at all like zero uh-huh. fucking budget that's what like, i was going to ask man like, how, how thick how was the script this? i mean that that i mean you're i'm thinking pages upon pages upon pages yeah dude. yeah well the thing is because we started it so many years ago we started it when I, so this is like the, how it worked when i was like 19 20 we made like a little film with my friends with some of the same characters from unit 11 like a short kind of prequel thing just it took us like a year, but we, but it was like where I learned, okay, who's dedicated and stuff like that. And then what I did is I, I wrote the new film, which was just a shitty story. It was just an excuse to make another film. And then when it started to look good, I'm like, okay, well, let's ex- let's uh, elaborate on it. And then there was all this stuff that happened that I took out. And then there'd be stuff that we filmed and then the acting was shit or it didn't quite chop together right or I'd filmed it with bad white balance. So I was constantly changing stuff, writing stuff to make it work, making this scene work, cutting out dialogue that was too long. So it was just a big mystery matchy choppy fucking thing where we never really had like a linear script i'd just sit and edit it all the time and think right how do i make this scene and this scene tied together without it feeling like it's just something that's thrown together and i think looking back on it now i don't really notice it as something that's like okay this feels choppy there's, there's stuff in it that i watch and i think that doesn't really make sense to the audience that much but i think given the type of film it is people aren't watching it thinking oh i, I don't know why this is happening this is this is not a very clear script i feel i don't think anybody's watching it thinking that they're just watching it thinking how the fuck did they make this with nothing so that yes. that's fine if i can distract them with the fact it's a crazy thing that we made then i'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> well uh, your props that's another thing i wanted to ask you about i mean there was a lot of guns yeah there was a lot of blood and there was a lot of explosions where did this all come where did you get the the, the prop guns or were they props but hmm, let's pose that question and then the uh the uh explosions and stuff how was that who was in charge of that because i did such a great job Oh, thank you. Well, it was just us just making stuff. Well, when it comes to like a lot of the guns, they were either like blank firers or they was deactivated guns. Because one of my main crew is an antique dealer, and he gets a lot of like cool. Uh, re- he gets a cool like deactivated firearms and stuff like that. Like he'd turn up at my house and he'd have an M16 or or an or he'd have a um, a Mac 11 and cool shit like that. And he'd be like, oh yeah, you can borrow this until you need it. Or cool. he also, but because I'm an artist as well, sometimes he'd need me to draw him a poster for his event, and he's like, oh, I'll just give you an M16 if you if you draw my poster. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah, so we got like some blank firers. We a lot of the 99% of the explode of the bangs, bang, 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 the muzzle flash. I put them in after stuff like the the bazookas and the 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 big um chain the big gun. Bar- yeah, the the big yeah oh yeah the mini gun and the big barret. I built all them and then like the barret I um I, I gave to one of my dudes. He's in the film. He's got metal teeth. Darren, yeah. he's got he's got t- titanium teeth. He built that Mad Max truck that's in the movie. Whoa! Oh, wow. he, he built that not for the movie. He built it anyway. And then I met him and we made friends. And we were like, yeah, man, me and he's gonna get on well. <laughs> but when I I made the minigun, but it wouldn't quite turn right. It kept like kind of like setting not setting on fire, but the wood inside was like friction was starting to smoke so he fit bearings in it and things but we just made all the big guns ourselves. and then i because i'd done warhammer and model painting for years i was good at making stuff look like it was made of metal and stuff like that so yeah but again you're sneaking into a building with a fucking minigun do you know what i mean the chances of getting arrested is high and then the people are like oh you've got a steady cam i'm like i sacrificed my steady cam so we could sneak a minigun into a building we weren't supposed to be in (laughs) 
was all and and again, so so with the blood and effects, I'd done a lot of blood and effects in indie film before. Not not like not nothing major, but I'd done. That's what I originally wanted to be an effects dude. I grew up loving oh, nice. Tom Savini, like Tom Savini, Tom Savini shit. Savini I, used stuff, to want, yeah. I used to want to be like the UK Tom Savini when I was little, and so I I studied how to make blood and do blood explosions. And but the actual way that the bloods explode, like I invented that myself. I don't know if I, I I've never seen it. I I, I converted um, soda siphons, like seventies soda siphons, into yeah. into something that can make blood hits, but but not so you press it, it goes and it sprays like a constant stream. So when you press it, it sort of explosion one bang like it was hard to work out and things and then the ex so i did all that and then the explosions uh yeah that again was just like us converting fireworks building switch mechanisms out of car batteries and attaching flour and sawdust and petrol to them to get like different kinds of bangs and then what we do is sometimes put a little bit of a cg uh, effect over the top of the explosion to make it look a bit bigger or put a little camera shake on if, if you're interested in more of this stuff, we do um, like a live podcast on my YouTube channel on Slimehouse TV called Unit 11, The Debrief. I think we did three or four episodes of it where we sit down with me and some of the cast and some of the crew. And I just we just discuss all about how we made everything. So if That's anyone cool. yourselves want to know anything more about like more in depth how we did it, then you can find out a lot on there as well. Yeah. One of the, the two of the two of the really cool effects that really stand out to me, though, was when uh, and not giving anything away because people are going to want to see this anyway. Yeah. Yeah. When the when the. Uh, uh, when the uh, Doctor punches the guy's head and it explodes. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, I love that effect. That was that was like a lead effect. So I got a, a head and made it out of paper, out of uh, plaster, like a hollow head, and filled it with loads of shit. And then we had it on a stick. And then Carl just smashed it because he's a boxer. Carl, he's like a big bodybuilding boxer. So we smashed the head off. And then we had a shot of Jim falling and then we like combined them together ricardo did that my guy ricardo he's a genius with that but one of the funny things you'll think in the film is you know the place where um where the doctor works from like his lab with the red lights and all the wires and everything like that yeah that was my house (laughs) that was in my house so basically i i for for two years i slept on my sofa and turned my bedroom into a movie set because i needed a set that that was there for a long time and i and no one was reliable enough to lend me one and they would have wanted money so i stripped all the wallpaper off spray painted it stapled loads of bisqueen up and wires and neon lights and i changed it into a into a like a a science lab that was built inside an abandoned building so in the movie when when he 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 walks into the building like you see a guy Yayo with the bald head, he like treks through a building and through corridors and stuff and then yeah. makes his way into, into the bedroom. Yeah, that was all this like clever camera trickery. That was like four different buildings all chopped together. Uh, and then when he enters the, the actual room, that was in my house. But it gave me the set in my house that I had there for, for two years so I could use it whenever I needed to. If I needed to get a close-up shot, it weren't like, fuck, we ain't got the location anymore. Nobody was going to let me build a science lab in a studio for free for two years. No, fuck no, dude. You'd been paying so out your ass for house. something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I just did it myself in my home. I don't know if I, I don't I don't even know if I've ever said that before. I might have, I forget, but yeah, that was just you just <laughs> do what you gotta do by any cool, means. Man. This is like Mandalorian, this is the way. That's this right. Get, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have a few buddies that are uh, uh directors and stuff like that. Uh, uh one of one of our buddies from uh Texas. Couple effects guys. He yeah. he does uh horror movies and then uh one of my one of our good friends who's um uh, out here, he does you know, big budget film special effects. Like he blows fucking shit up. Like he did, uh, he did stuff on uh, Jonah Hex, and you know those, big, you know those big explosions where they're blowing up. All that's all him, dude. That's bl- that's the dream. I'd love to blow some big shit up. I always yeah. wanted to blow cars up and stuff, but we yeah. just never managed to wing that. That'd be the next one. <laughs> it's it's funny, man, because like if you've seen the movie, uh, what is it? Uh, now you see me. 
the magic yeah. the magic movie. Remember the the scene where the where the chick gets stuck in the piranha tank at the like that. It's got the CG piranhas. They drop her yeah, in, yeah. and it's all. Built well, the tank or something. Yeah, he sent me this while they were filming it. Like he's like, "Look, check this out," and he shows me the tank, and he and he shows the, the whole thing happen, and he goes, "When it happens on screen, it's gonna look totally different. I promise." <laughs> but it was cool, like you know the way yeah. you know how he did that shit. I love that shit, man. I love it. I love the behind the scenes stuff. I love seeing things. I think another reason why I like the Italian stuff so much is because sometimes you can kind of see how they did the effect. And I always like that more. If I watch something and I'm like, I'm not, I've no idea how they did that. It must have cost $10 million. It's right. I, could do. I much prefer to see something that's like, yeah, man, I think I could pull that off. I think I could do that. Do you know what I mean? I always like that. I always like stuff that you can kind of, you see the seams. Do you know what I mean? See the tape holding it together. Yeah. Now, you, you did some amazing uh, stunt effects yourself. Oh yeah, you, yeah. You did. Now I'm. Now you. I could have sworn there was a freaking gimbal there holding you up. You did this thing where you jumped up, you spun around that guy's neck and flipped it out, and flipped him over in the woods. Oh yeah, there's nothing holding me up. That's just from years of like doing wrestling moves on each other. <laughs> from doing like backyard wrestling and shit growing uh, yeah. up, kissing about. Because yeah, you yeah, had so. this little bit of, when you got to the peak, you had this hang time. Like I was like, "Where's the wire? Where's the wire? Where's?" And then all of a sudden, you just twisted and flipped, and that guy flipped over. I was like, oh, oh no, that was it's, badass. It's, it's, it's just, it's just, yeah, it's just doing it on the day. And again, like no pads or anything, just having to get it fucking done. We we did get some crash mats that we that we had at one point, but they were so like big and heavy to cart through like a mile of forest that we just used to like land on our back and things like that. In fact, <laughs> the, the only stunt that I didn't do myself was when I'm riding down the, the steps on the bike on the the electric bike. I ride that ride down the steps, my character, and I didn't yeah. do it because the guy who brought the e-bike, he said, look, I'll ride down it. Cause I do this shit all the time. Because I'll, when I ride down it, I'm gonna look like I do it every day. You ride down it, you're probably gonna look scrappy or like you've never done it before. So I said, yeah, you do that. You do me that one thing. You just rode down the steps on the mountain bike because he did. He he did it all the time, so he looks more natural than I would have looked. Right. Were right. there were there were there a lot of injuries on your locations at all? Because what I mean, what you're doing, I mean, without all the extra safety stuff that you would usually find, I mean, there there had to be some cuts, bruises, you know. Mm-hmm. Busted yeah, yeah. lips, shit like that. Yeah, we, we nearly snapped my friend's neck once. There's a there's an effect where you see as um, do you know before the guy gets shot in the head with a magnum when Magnum gets the magnum revolver? Yeah. He, uh, he, he he drops a guy, he twists a guy around and drops him on his head, and it was supposed to just be like a pickup and a slam, but he slipped on the mud and like twisted into some like neck break. And I put a snap sound effect in it, and we used it in the film, and it looked good. But that was just an accident, and I like what? literally thought we brought my friend's neck doing that. Oh, that, that was a, that was the guy in the in like the uh, the, the mask. Yeah, the Union Jack mask. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's there's lots of bumps and bruises, like crazy stuff. Like in the movie, I've got a butterfly knife. I flip out. There was like one time before filming, um, for some reason, it had ended up in my fucking shoe. I don't (laughs) know if like someone had picked it up and put it in my shoe to keep it safe. But I like put put my foot on. I put my foot in the shoe and stabbed myself in the foot. Um, and well, the same day of filming, like about two inch deep, and then just had to bandage it up and crack on with it. And then uh, the same day, I used this butterfly knife for years. Like I'm pretty efficient with one. And the day that we film, I cut on my finger with it. And the only thing that I had was um, like the, the 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 products that I put in my hair at the time, which was like some wax. So I just sealed my hand with the wax and, and filmed. Oh, there you go. You That's just pretty awesome. Home, yeah, just, it was see, either that or drive home and fucking piss about going to a hospital or something that we needed to well, fill. See, now well, we got to add like uh, uh, survivalist and ninja to your a line of things that yeah. you can do. People people's always said I'm a ninja. I know people that's way more ninja than me, so I can't really take the accolade. Well, uh, m- remember I said there was two scenes that I thought the effects were great, and one of them was the butterfly knife scene. 
where you it just happened to be he one guy's coming at you, you're on the car and you flip yeah, it yeah. open and that that swipe it looks so damn real. Oh, nice one, man. Nice one. I think it's just about getting as raw as possible with it. I love filming fight scenes. I love doing that shit. I love choreographing them. And, and it's even better when you've got a cool environment to work with. And that particular location was a, a storage unit for loads of retro ambulances and police cars and stuff like that that we got access to. And yeah, so we had the we had the option to like slam someone's slam my head in the in the ambulance and then throw them in a car bonnet and shit like that. So yeah, it was we just went for it, man. I, I like getting dirty and blooded up and really getting into it. I, I think it's something i'm good at and it's something i like to do so if i can i will do well who would you say who would your your opinion who was the quote-unquote hero anti-hero of your movie what in in real life or in the story in the story who who do you think was the hero the hero uh, it's yeah it's weird isn't it do you know what it's like and i never really i think i did this subliminally but when you watch the old westerns nobody's a good guy you've just got some guys that's more a cunt than the other guy yeah and, right. and i think that i think that's what that's what we're like because i mean our crew in the film we 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 don't really want to help we're only helping because we kind of have to fucking help do you know what i mean um Ye- yeo redeems himself but he's still a very he's still very much a prick and you can tell that like given the chance it'll he'll fuck up again and that's why we kind of leave it open for like a sequel at the end. I mean, you can, I think that I think um, Siren and Magnum, they're two people that like really do just pull their weight and do as they're told and, and, and don't question stuff. Um, everyone else, like uh, Fister, I think he would rather not be there. I think looking at Mason, he never really does anything wrong. He's just trying to keep his wife alive. And then he gets obsessed with the chemical. And, and do you know what? On, on paper, this script all sounded a lot like better than it actually came out in the movie, <laughs> I feel. But it's always going to. Do you know what I mean? It's always going to. There's, there's always going to be lore in your head and stuff that you can never put on screen. But, I mean, if we're talking about, like, the worst guys, definitely Ice Pick is, like, a complete scumbag. There's nothing good redeeming about him. Um, and then then you've got Slacks, the dude with the Mohawk, who's like yeah. one of my best friends in real life. He's like my brother, um, which is why we did the fight scene together. But he, again, he's there because he's literally a hunter. And we always said that he's the kind of guy that he, he don't really care if you're bad or good. If there's a hunt there, then, he, then he's down for the hunt. There's no reason why he wouldn't team up with the good guys in the next film if there's something better for him to hunt than them. Mm. Well, I got I to gotta, I gotta kind of I gotta point out one thing. There's, there's somebody yeah. you're absolutely missing in your movie that I think was the hero of your movie, was the, the robot. robot. Yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the robot, of course. I forgot all about Kmart. He's, he's right next to me as well, the little dude. There. <laughs> so it's, uh, <laughs> I should remember that guy. Do you know what, right? When I said I wanted to put a little robot in the movie, everyone's saying, don't do it for you. It's stupid. It'll make it daft. It'll make it, it'll take all seriousness away. And I'm like, no, I want to play the robot dead fucking serious. He's just there. That's it. He's in the future. They've got a robot. And I don't even want to question it or explain it too much. He's just there. And, and it came from. You know Clash of the Titans? They have the little mechanical owl. Oh, yeah, people. the owl, man. Yes, Bubo's yeah. awesome. He's like that. And he's also, there's a movie called The Eliminators from the 80s. And I was watching The yep. Eliminators. Yes. And I've watched it. Um, I've watched this movie since I was a kid. But I was just watching it one day when I was like 20 when we was making this film. And I'm thinking, it'd be pretty cool to have a little robot like that in our film. Now, at the time, the, the film was a lot more crazy. It had a lot more like crazy adventure shit going on and a, and a lot more stuff like that. The robot was the only thing that stayed. And the, um, the, the, the injection of like the super serum were the only two things that were like outlandish that stayed in it. But yeah, the, the robot was uh, something that people quote to me all the time. I go, oh, it's my favorite thing in the movie. It's also a funny thing that I, I used a load of um, like random sound clips that I found and they never sounded right. And then last minute before the screening, I found some like stock, um, some stock free audio shit, used it and reversed it. And then apparently it's the same noises that BBA as in star Wars. So I didn't even know that at the time, 
but some people are like, oh, yeah, they completely ripped off the Star Wars BB-8 noises. And I'm like, I didn't even realize I just got some stock what? robot noises because it's the only thing that sounded right. And then I reversed them and slowed them down. Well, so they uh, went, you know, uh, in all actuality, you know, you know, the, the BB-8 is actually uh, the dude from The Office. Um, wait, uh, Mackenzie Cook, is it? No, uh, no, no, no. It's one of the other guys. Um, I can't think of his name offhand, but he's one of the dudes uh, from one of those from one of those shows. Uh, is the voice of BB-8, and what they did was he did the the beeps and shit, and then they they sped them up and reversed them and all that stuff. So it's so not... I reversed them, slowed them down. It probably sounds just like him now. As I was saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's him. It's him going beep beep. Yeah, bop yeah. bop wah wah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I felt like I changed it up enough so that it weren't, it weren't the same. But I've just heard people have to say, oh, he's, he's got the BB-8 noises. But uh, yeah, what, whatever. I, I never intended that. We, just, I just needed some sweet. I had some done, but they sounded too much like chirpy birds, and they were just annoying. And it was like a few days before we premiered it. I was like, look, I'm just gonna have to find some stock robot noises. So yeah, what, whatever, I, whatever I got, people said that they sound like the BB-8 noises. What, but just back, was... back to yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I was all right. But what I was going to say, what was amazing with the robot is you pulled that one thing off that every movie that has a little bit of robot in it does. And it makes you feel bad for the robot. Oh, yeah, for sure. There's, there's one point where all this craziness is going on in the world. Everybody's killing each other. Everything's happening. And then, you know, the robot goes in. He saves the character. He comes out. And at one point in time, the robot gets shot. And everybody goes, oh, yeah, yeah. You well, I, I would have. I wanted the robot in it more, but it was just hard to, because I'm doing all this on my own. So I turn up, and often I'm acting in the scene, but I'm filming it. I'm having to do all the lighting, the props, the effects, put everyone's makeup on. I did everything. So like, I, I, and controlling a robot floating around on a wire and stuff was just a lot of effort. So I would have liked to have had the robot in it even more. But people, people like it. I, I, I would have liked to have had it in more. But I'm glad that like people felt for it anyway. That was the thing I wanted when, when any, when something bad happens to the robot or or whatever it comes back and all this kind of stuff like uh, I, I wanted people to to be like oh and then when it's then when it's okay like yes the robot survived you know what i mean and it's them <laughs> little fun things as well that i think people show that as much as we wanted like to do the robot not stupid and 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 have it as like a serious thing in the yeah. film it also shows that we're not taking ourselves and the project too seriously we're just right. having fun you know what i mean you put sure. a little robot in your movie you're not trying to make the fucking next groundbreaking spielberg movie you know what i mean you're, you're literally just <laughs> making you're making something that you think's fun yeah, man. Now, the, you you the, ought, you the ought to do. A, I'm sorry, Wayne. Oh, Go I'm ahead. sorry, man. I say you ought to do a, a prequel with the robot. Yeah, yeah. Just like the do, robot. Just do the robot. Like make 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 like a, a backstory for him, like where he comes from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like did, a, did you ever did you ever clock where you think the robot might have came from? Like, like, why they got it or anything like that? Nah, not me, man. Uh, to me, it looks from? like one of the robots that used to bump into different walls. That type of head. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, the no, the, the, the actual robot, I just built it out of a bin and some other parts. I know what you mean, though. I know exactly yeah. what you're about. Yeah, like, like one of the, tra the, bounce, the Tommies or whatever they call them, yeah. The old Tommy bots used to touch the wall. Yeah, and the, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I wanted it to be like like Siren, the girl. She'd made it. She was like the tech girl in the crew, and I never got to, like, explore that as much as I'd like to. Oh, all right. I kind of felt that I kind of felt that she was the tech person of the crew because, well, yeah. there's that scene where she's the only one that could understand what you guys were talking about at one point in time in that movie, so you give the phone to her. and, and... Why couldn't she talk? She just doesn't. Uh, but I'll tell you why. <laughs> the reason... She doesn't talk because she's a mute. So I fly. Like, okay, if she doesn't talk, then we'll have her with the biggest gun. 
so she can speak in other words. But uh, so originally it was going to be played by my friend Yoli and she's Greek and she doesn't act or anything like that. She was just going to do it me as a favor. And she's like, I'll do it, but I can't act. And she's got a strong Greek accent. She's like, it's, it makes no sense for me to have a Greek accent. I'll just be a mute character, like a silent assassin. So I'm like, yeah, that's cool. And then my friend, and then she had to go back to Greece because we spent so long getting around to her part. She couldn't do it anymore. So then when I met Helen, the girl that plays her, she could act. But uh, but th- by that point, we all really like the idea, including her, that, yeah, she's a mute. She doesn't speak. But when she does speak, it's with a fucking big Barrett 50 cal rifle. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, yeah. Uh, that, or, that's, she's not your girlfriend, is she? No, no. G- g- Helen has a girlfriend. Oh, Helen has oh, a girlfriend. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Hel- oh, Helen, that is... Helen is engaged to her girlfriend. Yeah. Nice, <laughs> nice, oh, that nice. Is, that, is a, that is a shame because I was like, if I was single, I'd buy her a house. <laughs> I, I, I think a lot of guys feel that way, yes, but I'm, I'm sure she, her and her girlfriend will buy a house together and they'll be very happy. Without any of <laughs> a, a, any, any uh, guys. <laughs> I was going to say, if, if it ever works out, you know, it's a modern day. If they both want a house, just let me know. I, yeah, I'll work yeah. something out, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, honestly, I think Helen's brought quite a few hearts, man. When people watch that movie, they often they often hit me up like, "Yo, who's the chick, man? I need to know." <laughs> but you know, you know, you know he- Helen is fucking awesome. Like, not she's like a huge Star Wars fan and shit like that, and she's also a games designer. So she's oh. like, oh, that's she, yeah, cool. She works in the game industry, man. So she's like, yeah, I think I think she's probably every nerd's dream. Do you know what I mean? But unfortunately, yeah, she's engaged to a girl and she's very happy. <laughs> uh, good, good, good for her. Good yeah, for her. yeah, yeah, good, good for her. I, and back to her as a character in the movie uh, she's like one of my favorite standout characters i don't even think she realizes how good she is in that film but i i, I think whenever she's on screen she has a, a wicked presence and whenever she's dealing out some some uh, some violence i think that she pulls it off really well to say she'd never done anything like that before she'd never done acting she could act i think she'd done a bit in school and stuff like that and a bit of drama and a bit of modeling and things like that so she's comfortable in front of a camera but she'd she'd never been asked to do what we put her through we were firing paintballs at her and everything because she she really emotes with her looks, you know that yeah. was that, when she didn't talk, you knew what she was conveying or what she was getting ready to do just by her yeah. look. Yeah, yeah, so that was very get, cool. You, you get the impression that like we're we're, we're like the, the way I always wanted it is that we're always we're like a bunch of orphans that have all like made a family together. That that is our family. So she sees us all like her big brothers that she has to keep in check when we're all fighting and stuff like that. That we've kind of got that like the, almost like myself and Yeo's characters are like Raf, Raphael and Leonardo in the Turtles, and they're, they're always right. like, fighting, they're always butting heads and stuff like that. And she's kind of like the the younger sister, maybe like the April or, or Neil that like bangs their heads together and, and, and makes them kiss and make up yeah, kind of thing. You, so you see when we're arguing, they both look at Siren to go sort it out and she's like, oh, I'll go and sort it out. Yeah, she please, have to say anything. Please don't know. call her the Venus of the Ninja Turtles because there's no the, there's no oh, girl. Yeah, no, there, no, there's no, no girl. There's no girl no in Ninja next, Turtles. No next mutation shit. Yeah, no. yeah, <laughs> just, just making sure, man. Just making sure. Mm-hmm. Well, just so she knows, you know, if for some reason it doesn't work out, I am in touch with my feminine side. We could We could talk. <laughs> Yeah, you can join the back of the queue. <laughs> of all the other guys that asked me. That's fucking funny, dude. That's so good. So, man, what 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 else do you do besides collect toys and make films? Like, do you right. have do you have and any do other work? No, I'm just saying. Does he have any other like uh, hobbies besides that stuff? You know? Yeah, I do. I do like anything creative. I love so like. Man, I, I, I'm a full-time illustrator. That's my job. I illustrate. I do toy design and, and packaging, um, painting art and um, movie posters and T-shirt designs, all that is kind it, of stuff. I it, do that Is it for time. a specific company or is it for you? 
I, I'm, I'm freelance. I work for loads of different companies. Oh, that's so fucking cool, man. They want that's, my style. Yeah, yeah. That's so, very cool. So, so yeah, I've, uh, that, that's my full-time job. But um, I do a lot of gaming. I play I play a lot of PS4 at the minute We're in lockdown. I uh, I enjoy mo- uh, doing painting models. I, I sculpt. I like to build props when I'm out and about. Like me and my film crew, we do Slimehouse TV. So we I like I do interviews on podcasts and all that kind of thing myself. I, I like to meet creative people, chop it up with creative people. I yeah. love it. Like what we're doing now, it's like one of my favorite things to do, just to shoot the shit with people that's into the same type of thing as me. And, and obviously, I watch a shitload of movies and and uh, and i'm big into my collecting and i i just love cool shit man i love cool shit <laughs> i like, hear that I, dude. if, if, if i don't if i don't go to bed feeling like i've done enough cool shit that day that's what gets me down man yeah that's, well, that's Wayne, how I, I stay happy and positive by knowing that i've done a lot of cool shit that day wayne you weren't on uh you were away from the mic when we were talking about this but you did have um i'm gonna bring it up because it's it's still in my mind uh you have uh, a future plan to work on a new documentary in Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can't really say too much about it, but I'm I'm supposed to be there now filming a documentary in Texas. Oh wow! With, uh, with, with, with my friend out there. Yeah. So I can't really say too much about it at the minute, but that that's gonna be. We could talk about it off camera, but uh, yeah, yeah sure. that that I was supposed to be filming that right now. We shot a pilot of it uh, like last year. Some of my friends in Texas shot shot a lot of the pilot stuff, so I could so I could like compile something together and show show my producer friend and be like you what, what do you reckon do you think we've got something here and he loved it and 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 t- together we worked out how I would get over there and stuff but Very yeah, because cool, of, because of lockdown everything got cancelled that was like the one thing when everyone was getting locked down I was like please don't stop flights just, and then the flight got cancelled just out of curiosity what part of texas cuz I'm wondering I'm wondering if it's closer close to me or or closer to the uh the desert area no, I, well, I, he's got a shop in Paris, Texas, and I okay. think that that's not. I think that's like an hour's drive from where he lives. Uh, maybe like four something. Is that four, or am I getting mixed up with my friends in Florida who live there? But he lives in. He lives like that pa- Paris, Texas way. Okay. Um, Be- Bell's, Bell's, Texas. Is that right? Is that does that yeah, sound about right? There's Bell's. a Bell's, Texas. Yeah. And, are, are, they, are they similar places as well? Like a, an hour or so apart? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, because uh, yeah, I live I, I live in Louisiana, so you know New, okay. the New Orleans area, and I was like, well, fuck, man, if you come down this way, if it's not that far, because I mean, Houston's like four hours from me. Okay. You know, okay. Yeah. Maybe we can work something out. Hang out for a little bit or something, something. You know. Yeah. Well, yeah. I- other than the documentary, though, I mean, I'm sure you, you're brainstorming and you're working your head all the time about what's my next full movie project. What what do you th- is there anything you can say? Are you working on anything like just in, in like script wise or are jotting ideas down or? Yeah, yeah. No, I actually wrote like a short film. So what, what I mean, I don't do myself any favors because I wrote a short film, but on, on I mean, it's it's going to take as long to film as some people would film a feature because there's so much going on, but it's not, it's not, this is what I can say about it. It's not set in this time. It's set in the past. It's not set in England. It has all crazy aesthetic and costumes and everything like that. Uh, it's got horses in it and all sorts of shit. And I, and I started getting all this stuff ready for this again, before lockdown gathering outfits and the props and everything that I needed and locations. Uh, and I was like fully into it, got all my script ready. I'm cast. I've got all the cast ready and stuff. And then lockdown happened. So we've not been able to get into it, but that that's, that's going to be like a 20 minute movie that I make next because, um, I, I mean, I need to make something that it only takes us like a few months to put together and really showcases where I'm at now with technical wise, you know what I mean? Because sure. unit, unit 11 is a very good scale. It's a very good example of scale and scope and props and effects and stuff like that. But but it's not a good technical example of what I can do. 
uh, and I'm much better now. So I'm gonna the next thing. I'm not gonna be in it as much as I'd like to be because I, I like acting more than I do directing. Acting's way more fun. It's way more easier to do. <laughs> yeah. so, so I, so I, I'd much prefer to do acting and fight scenes and throw myself around and get bloody than than direct. But that's just how it has to be. So on this next one, I'm not gonna be in it. I'm gonna be fully behind camera. But it's going to be something special, man. It's again, it's something we can talk about off camera. But I don't yeah. want to give anything away just yet. And do you know what? To say it, anyone I say it to, they're like, "Are you going to pull that off?" But um, I'm just like, "Yo, don't, don't don't think every film that you've ever seen is filmed in the country that it's set in." So oh no, that, that's oh, I, God, I, I'm no, also man. not in the time. Yeah, like you, you watch something like Game of Thrones. I'm like, do you actually think that was set in like that was filmed in like the Dark Ages? You mean it wasn't? Time? Yeah. I thought it was yeah, a yeah, documentary, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all, 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 all the most famous westerns were shot in Bulgaria and Spain right. and all sorts of places. I mean, all the Expendables movies are shot in Bulgaria and shit. They're yeah. set in other places. So, yeah, man, you can shoot like you will. Do you know what it is? It brings me back to what you said at the start of this podcast. You say, looking at the locations in the film, you couldn't tell where they were. We could have been filming in Russia. We could have been filming anywhere. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And you would not have known because of no. the places I choose to shot it. So if you've got... If you've got um, if you if I've got an American actor in my film shooting it in somewhere that looks like America, no one can tell me that he's not set in America. Do you know yeah, I mean? right. Just just want to drop this too. I'm also yeah. very photogenic. You should... Okay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, you're pimping yourself out tonight, aren't you? Like... Yeah, he is, man. He's just like, hey, you know, uh, uh, you know, yeah, well, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But uh. Um... Yeah, no, I'm, I'm the same. As soon as you were telling me that you interviewed the guy from Funko, I'm thinking, yo, I, I need to interview that guy. I'd like to chop it up with that guy. So I'm the same, man. Do you yeah. know what? I, I would have I would have never got my movie done if I didn't like pimp myself out and just try and well, try and jump on anything I got the opportunity sure. to. Because I, I, I'd meet someone and they've got some land, they've got they've got a building that they don't use, they've got a warehouse, they've got a car garage. I'm like, oh, can I film in it? Do you have the keys? Can we get in at night and film? So I'm always like that. You got a vehicle? Can we use it? Can I use it for my movie? Look, Ooh, man. I'm also going to ask you the vehicles in your movie. That was another question. They were, um, uh, were okay. Were they all private vehicles? I mean, did, of everybody that was there, because I noticed. Okay, there's two two vehicles I really noticed, and I know this is weird. I don't know if you've ever been asked this before. Yeah, I saw but... one one of the Jeep like vehicles that said JCB, which is a uh, a uh, like a heavy equipment company. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, I saw that one on there, and then there was another vehicle that I was kind of interested in because, and I was like, I wonder if he, I wonder if this has anything to do with some sort of hint, like like a Resident Evil thing, because there was a black vehicle, and on the door it said Umbrella. Oh, I call it Umbrella. Yeah, what, yeah. What was where? Where did these vehicles come from? Well, what I used to do is I just like put the. We have a. a so I don't really think they use it anymore. But in my city, Sheffield, there's like a forum, and it was called Sheffield Forum, where people would just shoot the shit and talk about stuff in the city, uh, like, oh, uh, anybody know about this? Can anybody help me with recommendations? Kind of what people use like Facebook for now. Knowing they're like, oh, can anyone recommend me a hairdresser, or whatever? Like, yeah. So, cool. so I, I just go on and say, look, I'm shooting a movie. I'm looking for rusty, apocalyptic-looking vehicles. If anybody knows anyone, put them in touch. Uh, and that's how I got both the 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 umbrella vehicle and the big Mad Max truck was both by like just putting out the feeler and people that I knew knew someone who knew someone who had something. So they were all vehicles that were road legal that these people were driving around anyway that I made friends with. Um, it, it was uh, it was something that was like important to me. Do you know like the, the we have the muscle cars that turn up in a in a scene. There's a scene with a couple of muscle cars. Yes, they were really sweet. <laughs> yeah, well, that that was that was just by chance. Like I remember seeing one when I was walking home one time, and I saw a vehicle, and I was like, "Shit, man, that's the exact kind of vehicle that I pictured Triggy driving in the movie." And then I basically uh, walked past another time, and there was another classic car outside the house, and a dude was cleaning it. So I just said, "Oh, was that your was that your um 
was that your car the other day, your Ford? And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. My, it's, a, it's mine. It's a Ford Mexico. And, and, I, and Oh, no, sorry. He said it's my friend's Ford Mexico. He gave me the guy's number. I called him up. Turns out it was my old driving instructor's car. That's just a car. Oh, that, that wow, dude. <laughs> so he brought that along. And then at the same time, I got the access to another one. Like the one where we've got like four trucks all together. Yeah. That, that was actually only supposed to be one truck. And then what happened is the guy... His truck broke. It was just like a normal Land Rover kind of thing, nothing special. And it and it broke like a couple of days before. So last minute, I'm putting the feelers out saying, look, do you know anyone? Do you know anyone who's got a car? And I got two guys getting touch with me and we're like, yo, we've got them. So I goes, okay, come along. We've got two. I only need one, but we've got two anyway. And then another guy got in touch with me and he said, I've, and that's the guy with the JCB truck. And he goes, I've got this sick truck. It's a JCB truck. Um, do you want to use it? And I thought, oh, yeah, fuck it. We'll have three. I only need one, by the way, but we'll have three. And then Darren got in touch with me, the dude with the Mad Max truck. And he said to me, like, look, I've got a dope truck. And I says, to be honest, mate, we've got three already. I only needed one. So it's probably not needed. And he says, well, I'll send you some pictures of it. And I guarantee you'll change your mind. Obviously, I changed my mind when I saw the pictures. <laughs> and I said, and I said, well, fuck it. We'll just have four trucks. And if any don't turn up, then at least we've got, at least I've got, I only need one. one. So even if one turns up, at least I've got them. And if four's there, more the merrier. And it ended up looking really cool on screen. And then we ended up having that Mad Max vehicle as like the signature vehicle in the film. That shit's on the poster of the movie now. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the thing was a cool one as well. Do you know the speedboat? That yes. was actually the last thing that we filmed. Um, I just... We had to, we had the dude slacked with the Mohawk turn up in the movie, and I just thought that his entrance was a bit lackluster. And I'm like, yo, this guy's a fucking dude. I want him to, when he turns up in on screen, people to know that he's a dude. So when a guy turns up in a military speedboat, you think, oh fuck, man, who's this guy? This guy's obviously come from overseas to as part to get in to get involved in the war. You know, he's serious. But getting that speedboat again, we talk it, we talk all about it on the debrief. But I put the feeler out to the dude I know that's the military dealer, that's one of my friends that got us a lot of the guns, and he and I said, do you know anyone with any boats? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I got a guy with a speedboat, but he's had a stroke, so he can drive the speedboat, but half of his body doesn't work really well, so you're gonna have to help him get the boat out. So it took us like four hours to get the boat out of a yard, drive it on a truck, put it in the ocean and then drive it round to the right place and then take it back. And we had no idea how to unhook a boat and hook it onto a, a truck <laughs> and put it in the water and, and make it work. I, I know I know now by doing it very much like the, like the movie. But at the time, yeah, it was just a case of, yo, well, we've got the opportunity for a speedboat. So that was wicked because four of us, me and three of my good friends who we made the movie with, we, we drove, it's like four hours drive down to the coast at the south of England, and we, we hired a hotel, and we all stayed in the hotel. We went down, we had some food, we had like a little a little boys' weekend away, and then the next day we filmed on the ocean, and it was fucking dope. That was like one of the best times, and it was the last time that we filmed the movie, so it was like a really nice way to close it off. Yeah. So again, that was like a whole weekend's worth of preparing and sorting out for something that's on screen for a minute, two minutes, but it was well, worth it. Was it was a great scene. Out. Thank Great you. Thank scene. You. I mean, really, especially when I mean, you like you said, you knew something was happening. That was one of those moments in in a movie that you need that it bring you're, you're bringing a new sense of drama to this location. And yeah. it, you know, something's going to happen after this. And then the frickin' it was just awesome that there was that just dilapidated boat just sitting there, too. That was kind of cool. Yeah, well, that that again, that was so that was another thing that's by chance. So we were supposed to film another big abandoned boat that's pretty famous in England. It's a giant liner. I mean, it looks like the size of the Titanic. I'm sure it's a lot smaller, but it's like well, it's like a big fucking liner ship like sure. that. And for years, it was like a legal place where graffiti artists could paint it. 
in fact, if you look it up, it's in Wales. And and when it when it was first when they first broke it open, it was full of about a thousand retro arcade machines. There's all these dope pictures of people carting out arcade cabinets oh. when it was first <laughs> discovered. So and then it then they locked it up and it just became like a legal street art spot. So we were like, oh, we'll film it so that when he gets on the beach, even though these two places are like six hour drive apart, I'll make it look like it's the same beach when he gets off the boat. He can walk past and we'll just show it in the background and show this big abandoned ship. So you're just like, fuck. I always wanted in the background something to make it appear like it was post-apocalyptic. So basically, we was going, we was just about to set off to drive to that boat, and I thought I'll just Google it to make sure it's still there and we can film. I'd, I'd Google it, but I'm just going to double check nothing's changed. And it was yeah, like a few hours before I looked, and it had been restored, and they'd restored the boat and painted it all nice, and it looked like the newest fucking boat in the world. It looked anything but a post post-apocalyptic. <laughs> so I was like, shit, we need to find a boat. And then one of my guys, Malik, that's like one of my main dudes that I film with, he said, you know what, bro? He goes, I was working, I was working in a place called Baron and Furnace, and there was a, a big abandoned rusty boat on a beach. He said, you should see if it's still there because it had obviously been there years when I saw it. So I looked it up and it was still there. And then when we drove down to it, not only was it still there, the wind had ripped the fucking top of it off. So it looked like Godzilla had smashed it. So it looked even more apocalyptic. So that was a scene that would have not been in it if the other boat was there. But that ended up to me looking just as cool. Oh, super cool. It was it, this, this really for... Everything you've done, I think, and everything you put into it and all the time and everything, uh, for people not to uh, appreciate the movie for, for that alone. But to, to, see, to see someone's vision actually on, on screen, I think, is, is definitely worth checking out. Anybody who's a film lover. Wayne, you, you love movies like this. I oh, love yeah. movies like this. 100%. So, yeah, if you don't get it, it weren't made for you. It's fine. Do you know what I mean? There's, there's some, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get La La Land. I don't want to watch that. But that doesn't mean it's a bad movie <laughs> or it's shit. It's just not my thing. It weren't made for me. This is made for people like us, people that get it. Right. And, and you'll, know, you'll know within 10 minutes of watching it, like, yeah, man, I get it. I see what they're doing here. I know it's rough and ready. I know it's rough around the edges. They've obviously got a low budget. But, but we're the kind of people that, that, that like a low budget movie. And, and nowadays, a lot of like 80s kind of throwback movies and stuff like that they, they they're very silly they're very hokey they like purposely um they're purposely a bit daft a bit dumb you know like dumbed down and they're very like sure. they, they kind of put they kind of create a parody of the 80s that never even really existed like an over exaggerated 80s kind of thing or it's very much like like kung fury or something like that i'm not knocking mm. it because i love kung fury but it's that kind of really 80s neon techno kind of shit right and i never wanted that i wanted it to have like an 80s vibe but not be like uh, a parody of the 80s. I wanted it to almost be like a movie that you'd found from the 80s that had been like buried and then found years later. That it was just it just had that 80s kind of mentality. And and a lot of the time it wasn't even intentionally. It's just how I. It's just what I know. It's what I like, and it's what I'm used to watching. So that's just it came out subliminally. Yeah. But I do think the film's just like a beast of its own, isn't it? It's just like its own little beast. And maybe in maybe in years and years to come, someone will find it and watch it and think, who the fuck made this? And look back and <laughs> and see and see how it, and and listen to stuff like this and the debrief and that'll yeah, be really fucking cool, man. This crazy. movie, this movie is the ET Atari cartridge. Yes. That was found that now no one can get. Yeah, yeah. Who who knows, man? Who knows? Who, who knows what? Who knows what it'll end up being? Uh, if 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 all it ever be, ends up being is something that people can watch and study and think, I can make a fucking movie. If these guys can do it, I can do it. Then I'll, I'll be happy, man. And if it's just my film school, it's just my film school that happens to be on Amazon and you can watch it for two dollars. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, man, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, you should be very happy and impressed with you know. We're I'm impressed with it, and I know Rum was too. And 
you know, for everything that you put into this and everything you did, every all the arrests and all the, you know, blood, sweat and tears over this son of a bitch, man. You did a great job. Uh, Thank you know, you. you know, very impressed, man. And I, I'm super stoked to see what you're going to come out with next and, you know, all that good stuff. Yeah, no, I, I can't wait to see what, come, what comes out next. When this <laughs> lockdown's over, when lockdown's over, because this is driving me nuts because I want to be out filming and stuff like that. I know everybody in the world is in the same boat. We're all suffering with, with the lockdown. We're all we're all sick of seeing the same four walls. If uh, and, and even if you're not seeing the, fir, the four walls, it's because you're a key worker, so you're putting yourself at risk every day to go yes. to work. So everybody in the world is suffering in their own way. And and obviously when this is all done and we can not, we, I don't want us to go back to normal because I feel like the world needed to slow down. I feel like the, the, the world kind of got a bit carried away with itself and people stopped appreciating like the stuff that's important. And I feel now that people might appreciate the important stuff a little bit more. I agree. When, it does, go, when it does go back to being um, normal civilization again, then I'll be straight back on filming. You know I will. And I've got so many Slimehouse episodes and stuff I want to do. At the minute, I've been running my YouTube channel from my house, just reviewing retro stuff and things like that and showing off my collection and things just to try and keep stuff consistent on there. But I want to be out and about filming. I'm, I'm the guest manager of HorrorCon UK, which is like the big horror festival here in the UK, like Sweet. Comic-Con, but for horror, I'm the guest manager. So I interview all the horror guests that come over. And this year I was supposed to interview Lance Henriksen wow. and, and Skeet, Skeet Ulrich and Tyler Main and all these cool people, and it all got postponed, man. So hopefully, again, that's all stuff that we can pick up later on in the year. I had such a big 2020 plan, the Texas filming, the Horrorcon filming, loads of stuff. The, the short that I want to do next, it was going to be like a big year for Slimehouse. And at the minute, we've, everything's been postponed. So hopefully... After all this shit, we can get back onto full-time smashing it. Hell yeah, dude. And trust me, we understand the pause, man. Because I've been going yeah. through... We, we've had a whole bunch of shit that we had to stop as well. And, you know, I, I book bands in Louisiana, so I can't book any bands anymore. Like, all the clubs are shut down. And, really? you know, and like... Uh, and you're doing the same uh, guest manager. I'm doing the same thing for a, a con down here. Right, and, right. Okay. And, and I can't do any of that shit. You know, so it's 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 been a lot, dude. I'm, but I'm also also considered one of the the key workers, so I work every day as well. Really? So, okay. Yeah, yeah, dude. So it's 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 a lot. It's a lot going on, man. Yeah, man. Well, as you as as you guys say, we don't really say it in England, but like in America, when someone's been uh, someone's been a soldier or in, they're in war, you say thank you for your service. We we say that to people that's key workers, man. We say thank you for your service every Thursday in England, the whole of England at eight o'clock opens their doors and fucking bangs pots and pans and claps and cheers out the window just to say thank you to the key workers. Man. Wow, dude, that's fucking... They're, they're, they're that's putting cool. themselves at risk every fucking day. Yo, you'll hear that shit from space, man. It's so loud when they do it, setting off fireworks <laughs> and things. It's, it's secret. Because we, we have the NHS in England, don't we? Like, in America, you have to pay for healthcare. Yes, In, right. in, England, in England, we don't pay for healthcare. So so we, we get it for free. So But but we don't take it for granted. We show our appreciation for that on Thursday when we make all the fucking noise out that's of the window. That's awesome, man. That's super cool. Yeah. But you know what? lockdown has done i think that lockdown has it's, it's, it has made everybody slow down it's made everybody appreciate the smaller things and and like get like spend a bit more time uh not only with family but on hobbies that they wish that they could get on with i've done so much gaming i know it's so pathetic but but I, i've i've played so many ps4 games that i wanted to play that <laughs> i never have the chance to because i'm always so busy i completed resident evil i completed days gone i completed god of war at the minute i just did uncharted 4 i've got horizon zero dawn on its way i'm just enjoying being able to just spend a few hours playing in a fucking world and you know what it's, yeah. it's 
kind of like getting out of the fucking house as well. It is. Because it all is. I can do is be in the house. I can walk to the shop. I can walk I can walk around my area. You're allowed half an hour's exercise a day. So I'll do my walk, do some photography and stuff. But yeah, being able to play Uncharted or an open world game, it's, it is in a way being able to just get out and about, even if it's virtually. Nice. Yeah, I just want to say uh, one more thing about yeah, about, about, close, about your PS4 thing, and I'm I'm sorry that you guys in England don't know what an Xbox is. I mean, I deal with I deal. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm fucking with you, dude. I'm fucking with you because uh, Mart, our friend Mart from England, is also a, a PS4 guy, and he always gives me shit yeah. about you know about what? playing I think, Xbox. I think PS4 is a bit bigger over here. It is. 99 of the people I know have a PS4, and do you know me? I grew up. I used I used to play Halo. We used to have Halo night every weekend. I love yeah. Halo. I loved Gears of War and things like that but uh, yeah everybody when when i got my ps4 i was just like yo what's everybody playing because we play ps4 so i got ps4 but well, yeah. i do like all the sony exclusives like i wouldn't have been able to play days gone and shit would i or sure yeah or, or, and, or, and that's the only reason i'd buy one is just to play the exclusives like because well, ideally we'd have, i would have every console in the world for real you know i mean all set up ideally so it's, it's one of them I, I don't play enough to it to warrant an xbox but if i did i'd have a fucking xbox and a playstation yeah yeah care. yeah like like we're, I'm, that... a I'm a hoarder. I want, I, want I want all the cool shit in the world. <laughs> yeah, like this. Uh, we've said this a million times on the show, but that's how this show started because me and Ron met on Xbox. Really? Okay. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah. yeah dope. We were gaming together and, and playing Halo for like. Wicked. Twelve what hours. Did, what would that hours. have been? What what Halo would that have been now? If you did this, if you've been doing this nine years, I take it you knew each other before that. What Halo would yeah, it have been? It was. I think we started on Halo yeah. Three. Yeah, Halo, 3. Halo 3. Yeah. I think, yeah, Halo 2 and 3, they were my. I played Halo 1, obviously. I got it through my Xbox, but uh, Halo 2 and 3 were like the ones that I fucking used to play all the time. I used to love that yeah. shit. Man. Yeah, I think, I, Halo 3. I think we've probably clocked over a thousand hours on Halo 3. To be honest, sounds like yeah. it. I still, I still have the soundtrack on my playlist now when I'm drawing and I've got all my movie <laughs> Me soundtracks. Too. I still have Halo. It's such a fucking dope soundtrack, man. If, if that really don't make is. you want to run into an army and destroy everything, <laughs> then it gives you the mentality. I, I feel like it's the kind of music that, like, if you was putting a boxing match against Mike Tyson in your head, you would fully be in the in the mind frame. Like, like, yeah, man, I reckon I could take this guy with this music playing. It's like the Mortal Kombat theme. You can do anything <laughs> listening to that. Like the rock. <laughs> If the Rocky theme's playing in your head for those few minutes, you can fucking accomplish. Yeah, anything. and then, and then when you step in the ring and you take that first swing and he knocks you out, yeah. you're good. And, and, and then you 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 wake up in fucking hospital eating yeah. food for a straw. Yeah, but, like, that, but it, it does give you the motivation sometimes. Like yeah. it, you know, it, that 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 soundtrack. There's some soundtracks that that ten years into listening to them, twenty years into listening to them, they still they still give you the same vibe. Yeah. I remember the first one that I ever listened to that made me feel was like that was the Turrican theme. You know Turrican on Amiga? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Game. yeah, that thing. That was the first song as a kid that I remember listening thinking, yo, this is a banger. And I was like, hey. <laughs> and still to this day, I listen to it and it gives me that same vibe, man. That's Them fucking fantastic. cool, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. That's so good. I'll, 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 I'll stop talking anyway. Do you know me? Yeah, I can talk forever. Bear in mind, I've been in lockdown as well, so I don't have many conversations. So if I'm talking a lot, I apologize. <laughs> no, you're good, it's dude. Perfect. It's been nice to chop it up with you boys. It really has. I really, yeah. I really appreciate the Us kind words too, and the other stuff that we do. Look, man, I want you back on the show soon. Can you do this yeah. again? Whenever, let's do it. Whenever you need me, I'm there. 
All right, if awesome. If you need man. me, call me. I'm there. Just let me know, man. I'm, I'm there. Because uh, the I, next I, the next time you're on, I want to get into this uh, this battle rap thing that you you did and and some other stuff, man. I'd like to hear some more stories, man. Oh wow, yeah, man. That's that's taking it all the way back. But yeah, we could talk about whatever you like, man. I, I'm a very different guy now. Like I don't even fucking I, I don't even see myself as that person anymore. But yeah, we, we could talk about whatever you yeah, like. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's always interesting to talk about what where people come from. You know what I'm saying? Like, you oh know. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, obviously, everything that we do, it. it, it it bleeds into everything yeah. i started out as like a graffiti artist when i first started like not started art but i, I was into graffiti for years and i don't do that mm -hmm. anymore but anytime i'm drawing there's always a little bit of a graffiti flavor in everything i do without nice, me even dude. wanting it to be there so you're, you're always you're always a product of your environment and the things that yeah. you did growing up so absolutely yeah. well but, tell everybody where they can get and yeah. find you on your all your urls and all that good shit yeah yeah so if you get me on instagram at theo underscore kane which is C-A-N-E underscore Slimehouse. Uh, on YouTube, again, youtube.com forward slash Slimehouse TV, facebook.com forward slash Slimehouse TV. And if you want to watch Unit 11, just type in Unit 11, E-L-E-V-E-N, not the number 11, Unit 11 on Amazon, and it's available in America and the UK. It's not available in, like, Germany and Australia and Japan and all these other places. Um but but yet anyway yeah yeah you can watch it you can watch it on Amazon Amazon Prime now if you're in England or America which probably a lot of the listeners that listen to this are going to be anyway if yeah. you guys are Eng if you guys are American and your other dude that you work with is English yeah yeah pretty much that's that's pretty much our biggest follow is that in Australia yeah okay cool yeah, well it's yeah. not playing there so they can't watch it yeah too bad for them. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I did him a, I did him a favor. They don't have to sit through my fucking ten year uh, video of me and my friends growing up making apocalyptic movies. Oh. Um, well, cool, man. All right, man. Well, look, we appreciate you coming on the show, man. And like I said, you're always welcome on here. And we'll set up. I'll, in fact, as soon as we get off here, I'm gonna look at the schedule and send you a new date to get you back on. Let's do it. I'm there. I'm there. Let's go. I, like I said, even if it's not lockdown, I work for myself, so I, I can always make myself available if it's to do some cool shit, and I Beautiful. love doing this, as I said, so man. let's do it. But uh, thank you, Theo, for joining us, man. And remember, guys, I was your host, Wayne. I'm the rum guy. And remember to keep it, keep it, That's it. Get 